T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you. Trying to forget that losing feeling, but I think it'll stick with us for just a little longer, Brenda. You know, Joe, it's sort of like a, a hangover that you can't quite shake. And no uh, hair of the dog to help out here because the Bills don't play again until September for anything that really matters. So. Yeah, you're not you're not getting that greasy meal to get over the hangover right. until September. Yeah, yeah. No uh, Big Mac is going to help me today. Well, uh, on to uh, far more important things here on Hardline. Brenda Alacy and Joe Beamer, the B-team, back together again. And uh, we were talking about some serious issues. We were, we were talking about some of the things that are truly disturbing happening right now to people in the Jewish community. And Rob Goldberg, who is the CEO of the Buffalo Jewish Federation, is joining us this morning to talk about some of the situations that are happening, uh, particularly in the New York City area, including a rally of support today. Rob, good morning. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning, Joe. Thank you for taking the time, Rob. And uh, as we speak at around uh, 11 o'clock now, there is a rally that is going on in the New York City area. Can you tell us about any sort of conversations you've had with perhaps some of your counterparts uh, downstate about the rally? Yeah, so so first of all, it, it's pretty extraordinary. I just got a text from a couple of individuals in our community um, who are there as well, and uh, one of them was holding a sign that haters will not replace us, just to give you a, a sense of what's going on. So this is a rally for both Jews and non-Jews, to stand arm in arm, side by side, uh, is taking place now in Lower Manhattan, and it's organized by the Anti-Defamation League in the New York metropolitan area, and also the Jewish Federation in New York. So uh, the federation system of which I lead, there are 151 Jewish federations across North America. Among the largest, of course, is in New York City, and they really took the lead to pull this together, and it was primarily um, due to uh, the recent attacks in Muncie and in Jersey City and that in the general area, and in particular, the attack that, that all of us read about on the last night of Hanukkah, where um, an individual came into the home of a rabbi uh, where 60, 70 people were gathering and um, injured uh, over a half a dozen people. Uh, it was a horrific incident, and I think it was a spark um, that really um, generated a lot of um, interest among people to say, you know what? Uh, when any Jew is attacked, we're all attacked, and uh, we need to come together, and we need to say that uh, hate is not going to win. And you know, Rob, to think that, that somebody went into that individual would go into a rabbi's home makes it even more horrific. It is, and, and you know, one of the things, um, Brenda, that we're experiencing, I think, for the first time is that there are members of our community who are afraid, um, particularly those in our Orthodox community, um, and, uh, you know, we've done a great deal in our community to secure our buildings, uh, to provide trainings and to do a lot of things to make people feel more secure uh, and uh, to prevent 
um, such attacks. But nonetheless, they're there. It's real. And we need to be vigilant more than ever. You know, that Hanukkah stabbing Rob in Muncie was only the latest in a string of anti-Semitic attacks. I read a, um, a staggering number here that 421 hate crimes reported in the New York City area in 2019. More than half were directed at Jews, according to police crime data. And it's so ironic to me because there, the New York City area has been a place where many Jews settled when they came to this country years ago. Do you see a certain irony in that? <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the way we look at it, um, first of all, it, this has been going on for a long time, right? So it's, it's on, the, on the one level, it's sort of nothing new. But because of social media, I think, and because of these particular type of attacks, um, I, I think there's an alarm that um, that we haven't seen in a while. But really, the trigger, uh, Brenda, was was in Pittsburgh. So a year and a half ago, with the shooting in the synagogue, that really was a wake up call for uh, Jews throughout North America because these kinds of attacks have been going on in Europe uh, for the last decade. I mean, talk to people who've lived uh, in parts of France and right. in Great Britain. Um, I mean, it's really been devastating that there's been this. Um, surge of anti-Semitic activity, and now to a point where these brutal attacks. In New York, what's so distressing is that the Orthodox community has been targeted in many of these communities um, where uh, Orthodox Jews have settled, uh, places like Muncie, uh, like Crown Heights, and other places like that. And the attacks have been um, in broad daylight. And so th- there's, a, there's a great concern. I will tell you, though, uh, that law enforcement in New York State and our civic leaders have been extraordinary, both in terms of stepping up their game and really um, investing more resources and time and energy. And we're experiencing that in Western New York, where our partnership with law enforcement at all levels, uh, from the state to the county to the city, uh, you know, many uh, of us live in the Amherst areas where a, a large percentage of the Jewish population is. Our partnership with Amherst Police is extraordinary. So in that regard, we actually feel uh, very safe and secure because we have partnership and because we know we're not being neglected. Do you try to uh, have meetings with government officials, uh, town leaders, city leaders to keep them updated about what's happening on a local level, Rob? Or do you feel like what you just described is enough to feel safe? We actually, in, in the Jewish community, um, we have an arm of our uh, work called the Jewish Community Relations Council. In fact, there was a brilliant Another Voice article that was in the Buffalo News yesterday that was written by our Jewish Community Relations uh, Director, Mara Coven gelman uh, And I urge people to take a look at that. And it, again, it's, a, it's addressing the issues of anti-Semitism and hate. What we do with Jewish Community Relations, Brenda, on an ongoing, proactive, intentional basis, we develop relationships with individuals outside of the Jewish community, both civic leaders, um, other government officials, law enforcement, but also partners uh, in religious communities, in other faith communities, in, in other um, ethnic communities, because we want people to understand and appreciate Judaism for what it is and why we're being targeted. And our experience is that the stronger we have those kinds of relationships, the better we're going to be able to address some of the issues that arise. So I'll just give you a quick example, if I may. Um, a year and a half ago, we actually organized a trip to Israel for uh, re- religious and faith leaders. We had 24 leaders. We had evangelical ministers. Uh, we had black ministers. We had priests. We had nuns. We had cantors and rabbis all coming together, having this shared experience. And the relationships that were formed because of that 
have really helped us because when there have been attacks against Jews, the first people we hear from, Brenda, are these friends that we've made because of the partnerships we've developed. It's funny you mentioned uh, that article, uh, Rob, because I have the Gelman article right in front of me here, and uh, I was taken by what she said about being encouraged by Christian organizations that have reached out to those in pain and fear. Uh, And with a Hebrew saying that means I am here, standing by you, of course. And that's not something that um, people saw back in the 30s when things were were really horrific and there was so much uh, anti-Semitism then, and nobody did anything. So it must be encouraging to know that there are some voices of unity now. Very much so. And we do not feel alone. We do not feel isolated. The Jewish community in Western New York is small, but we are deeply integrated into the fabric of our community and our culture. We have a lot of friends. We have people who care. And we do things proactively uh, to welcome people into our homes and to share the beauty and the richness of Judaism, uh, because I think we share a lot of deep-seated values the way we look at the lo- we look at life, it's 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 not so dissimilar uh, from other faith communities and other people who care about the other. Rob, you mentioned that you've seen this kind of uh, these kind of attacks, this rise in the rhetoric in European countries over the last decade. What do you think is, if you can point to one thing, the base for the um, the rise here in the United States over the last year and a half? So, Joe, it's interesting. So so there's a lot of people who point fingers to this administration in terms of just the level of rhetoric on all things, um, in terms of um, sort of a a brashness that has given, um, at least some people believe, has given others the license to sort of speak out. Um, You know, it's a hard thing to to point to, but clearly there has been a rise in anti-Semitism during the last few years. And for whatever reason, I think it's been underneath the surface all along, and I think it's risen because of fear that uh, people have, and Jews have been easy targets for centuries and centuries. So, um, again, you talk to some people, and they'll say, I'll give you an example. I talked to a a rabbi friend of mine earlier in the week. Um, He's a member of the Orthodox community. He grew up in Crown Heights. When I asked him about this, you know, his response was, you know, I grew up 40 years ago and was always there. So I think those of us in the Jewish community have always lived uh, with the knowledge that there are those who are going to hate us because of who we are. It's not stopping us for believing what we believe and for um, uh, actually celebrating who we are. Um, And in a way that we can only do that in, in the United States, there is something precious about the world that we live in and the community that we live in. And we feel free, of course, to be able to uh, exercise our rights as Jews to actually celebrate um, who we are uh, and being uh, proud members of the Jewish people. Yeah, uh, Rob, personally, I I can't believe that we have to even talk about this in 2020, that there is still that hatred after, you know, toward people just because of what they believe. Um, It's really, really sad to see. Do you know, where the initial hatred came came from. Like, why is there a group of people that just can't, can't, that feel they have to show hatred towards the Jewish community? That's something that's always baffled me. I mean, hatred towards any community. But where did this hatred start from that it is now coming back um, and we're seeing these awful attacks? 
So, Joe, I'm no expert on the, the roots of anti-Semitism, but um, there are there, there's great literature that has been written to sort of try to pinpoint, you know, why it is that Jews have been singled out. And there are those who believe that it, uh, at its very deepest core, it's that Jews from the beginning have embraced one God, and while Jews have embraced Jesus of Nazareth as an extraordinary prophet, a Jew himself, um, you know, Jews did not embrace Jesus as the Messiah. And from the very beginning, Jews have been resented because of that. Um, and, and so there are those who point to that at the, at the very beginning. I think when we look at the roots uh, in World War II and German anti-Semitism, which also was very deep-seated, um, it was a political movement that uh, was able to use Jews as convenient scapegoats. So again, there's deep history in terms of Jews as scapegoats. Um, it is ironic, Joe, you know, there's 10,000 Jews in Western New York. We are a blip on the screen of, in terms of our population size. Um, uh, but that doesn't mean anything to those who are going to hate us. So, um, again, it's puzzling, uh, as you say, that in 2020 we even have to talk about it, but it's real. And we're addressing it. Um, in the reality that it is. And we're raising a lot of money from a lot of people. Um, you know, we raised uh, over $250,000 to support our efforts, and we raised them from small gifts from people throughout the community, Jew and non-Jew, who say, you know what, we've got to protect our Jewish citizens, and that's what we're doing. Uh, Rob, you mentioned a relatively small Jewish population in Western New York. Um, in reading about these attacks, I've seen everything from uh, kids being hit by other kids throwing eggs at them to that horrible machete attack and many things in between. Have there been any people in the Buffalo or Western New York community that have been targeted physically? Not that we know of. There, there We have seen um, a, a number of um, incidents where kids are being bullied for being Jewish, particularly in school systems where Jews are a significant minority, which is most, but we're talking about places like Orchard Park and West Seneca, where there are some Jews who are living in those communities. Um, and that's something we had not seen for years. And maybe they were happening, Brenda, but we didn't know about them. But I think that there's such sensitivity now um, that those incidents are being reported more uh, than they have been, or we read about them on social media, and so we learn about them. And as you probably know, the Anti-Defamation League tracks uh, all of this data, and so every time there is an incident, they hear about it or they receive information about it, and that's why we're getting the data and the statistics that you referenced earlier in terms of this significant uptick um, in incidents. But, um, again, nothing to the likes of, of Muncie at all in Western New York, uh, thank God, uh, at this point in time. Uh, but there have been uh, those kinds of um, sort of uh, non-physical incidents that, that we've, we've heard about and learned about. Rob, I have a question, just your thoughts on one of the events from December. Uh, Tiffany Harris in New York City was arrested for slapping three Jewish women and then yelling an expression that I will not repeat um, on the air or off the air. Uh, but then because of the new bail reform was released the very next day. I just want to know if you have any reaction to that. Yeah, Joe, that is something that has really been concerning to all of us um, in terms of the new bail reform law uh, to allow individuals um, to be able to come back uh, like the one that you that you talked about. And again, it is what it is. And I think we just have to address the fact that 
uh, there's going to be those kinds of things. Now, does that mean necessarily that uh, a person like uh, Tiffany uh, Harris is then going to take it to the next level and and do something to cause physical harm? You know, I don't know. But, yeah, that's something that, that we're very sensitive to, as is law enforcement. It's not something we're happy about, frankly. Uh, Rob, I, I have to ask you about President Trump's support of Israel. Do you view President Trump as the biggest supporter uh, of Israel among recent presidents? Yeah, so you know, I can I can only tell you what Israelis think, um, and uh, and it's and it's so ironic that if there was an election today, Trump in, in Israel, let's say Trump you know ran for, for for prime minister, he'd win you know hands down. So you know, among Israelis, you're going to find this incredible enthusiastic support, and um, within the Jewish community, there is a division, and there always has been, but. Um, there are those individuals in the Jewish community who are deeply passionate about Israel and care um, and have great concern for its security and um, are very grateful for Donald Trump and that he's fulfilled a lot of his campaign promises. It's not universal by any stretch of the imagination. I think for a lot of Jews, it causes great conflict. Um, those who may disagree vehemently with uh, Donald Trump in terms of some of his uh, social policies, but at the same time, appreciate that he is so uh, supportive of the state of Israel. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of data to show that he is, at least in recent memory, you know, the great supporter of the state of Israel. And there are those in our community who are uh, very grateful for that. Rob, can you stay with us uh, through the upcoming news break? We just have a couple more questions for you. It would be my pleasure. Great. We're talking with Rob Goldberg, fifth year as the CEO of the Buffalo Jewish Federation. We'll take a break right now and be back with more with Rob, your questions and text on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy with you for 23 more minutes. Bob Goldberg, who is the CEO of the Buffalo Jewish Federation, about the recent attacks in New York and in other places against Jews. And Rob, I wanted to ask you just a couple questions before we go to our caller. Um, And thank you so much for holding on, by the way, Rob. Does it matter to you what the machete attacker's religion was? Not relevant. Not relevant. That's what I thought you might say. But, you know, I don't know. It's probably important not to get into the weeds with things like that, right? Because, well, that only make things worse if you try to say it's one religion versus another and that's who did it and why and so forth. Yeah, I don't think this is a case at all of religions. I think it's a case of individuals who are misguided uh, individuals who, uh, for whatever reason, are motivated to do these kinds of things. And I think this 
particular individual um, who was the attacker in Muncie, I think we need to understand who he was a little bit more. Uh, but I think his color, his background, his religion, I don't think those are relevant. I think what he did is relevant, and the response of the greater community is relevant. And listen, there are still individuals who are recovering from serious wounds. Um, I don't know if any of you saw this, but there was, at least through social media, there was a picture of this one individual, 71-year-old man, innocent person, just there celebrating Hanukkah, who was attacked, and there was a picture of him as he's fighting for his life. And that's what matters. What matters is these people were attacked just because they were Jews, and we need to pray for their uh, full recovery, and we need to do whatever we uh, can to ensure that this doesn't happen again. Rob, I did see the picture, and in fact, I think it was posted because people wanted to see just how horrifying it was. This poor man has wounds all over his face, stitches around his nose, his eyes, you know, very serious wounds. It was just a horrifying thing to witness. But in a way, I think the point was made that, you know, when you hear about these things, you almost become immune to it because there's so much violence in the world. Um, I'm glad they posted it, as difficult as it was to look at. One more question from our text board. Uh, There was a question about the anti-Semitism that you spoke about in Europe. Are you blaming Christians for that? Oh, no, not at all. Um, Again, I I think that at least from the Jewish community, um, you know, Christians, people of faith are our brethren. They're our brothers and our sisters in faith. Uh, We share more than we disagree uh, about, and um, I, I don't think there's any sense of blame in terms of why these things are happening. I think we're trying to understand why there's such a surge and what we can do uh, to prevent it and stand up against it. And I think things like the rally that's going on as we speak in Lower Manhattan, where thousands upon thousands of people, Jew and non-Jew, are arm in arm saying hate is not going to win, uh, really is the beginning. And maybe that's really the movement that um, is going to put an end to this for now. Let's go to the phones at 803-0930 and first go to Pendleton to Kevin. Kevin, good morning. Yeah, good morning and happy new year to you all again. Uh, thank you. Hey, um, just uh, Mr. Gould, I got a question here for you. But before I do, I just wanted to say it's astonishing that I, I um, was doing a research there into the Buffalo uh, Jewish you know, organization that, um, yeah, that you belong to. And one of your programs I'm definitely going to attend is that for years, uh, I, I knew that there were there were certain prominent and famous personalities of Jewish faith who has had a hand in developing um, popular um, American pop culture, such as the late great Stan Lee and others. You know, Batman, Superman, Spider Man. Sure. As a kid, I thought and I said, you know what? Um, they, you know, I would do these guys could have been Jewish, and then here it is. You have a program coming up that I would definitely be attending. Because, um, and we, you know, the Jewish community shares a lot in common with a lot of other communities, and um, people fail to realize that. But by the way, here's my question. Um, based upon my observation, um, you know, for years I have seen, and here, in this, especially here in New York State, right, that um, I cannot understand why a great percentage of members of the Jewish community, especially those um, who's been elected to public office, why they set why they support policies uh, and, and 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 set policies that go against the values and and even the the heritage of the, your great community and I, I just cannot understand that and maybe i don't know if you all have done some research into this but 
I, I, this is something I just can't understand. So I'll listen off here and um, God bless you all. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin, for your call. Uh, first of all, to your, to your point about the contributions of Jews uh, in society, it's really quite extraordinary, uh, despite our numbers, in terms of the way Jews have contributed. Um, and I think one of the things you find in America and here in western New York uh, is that Jews who have settled in these areas have embraced um, America and in its fullest, have seen it as a land of opportunity, have worked very hard uh, to achieve uh, success in the United States and in our own community and want to give back in very deep ways. And so um, we have the great privilege uh, of interacting with so many of these individuals who support our community in a very profound way. But really, we actually celebrate what they do. So just to give you an example, you know, again, to localize it, if, if I may, um, is that we have an award that we give out every year to someone who's Jewish um, who gives back to the greater community as a Jew, which sort of gets to your question about our government officials. So the last person that we honored at our annual meeting, which actually was at the Northland Workforce Training Center, um, which is an extraordinary facility that I'm sure you've talked about on the radio many, many times, but it's, uh, it's a profound asset for our community. But we honored Lana Benitovich, who is the uh, leader of the National Federation of Just Communities. She's an extraordinary person. Uh, in Western New York, and she leads as a Jew, as a proud Jew. Um, and uh, to be honest, Kevin, I, I think that uh, I wish more of our public officials would, like Lana, uh, lead as proud Jews. But I think that there is great sensitivity uh, that they probably feel as Jews. Maybe some want to minimize it. Maybe some are practicing their Judaism in a deep way in their lives. And I think you find that those individuals who live a Jewish life, and that's not necessarily meaning a religious life, but they live a, a life based on deep-set, historic um, Jewish values that we do share, as you indicate in your, in your comment. Um, those individuals lead in the greater sector, in the public sector, uh, with great pride. And, um, and you're right. I think I wish more of our public officials, um, no matter what their faith, uh, led with that, that sense of pride. I, I can speak to, I know Lana personally, Robin, she's just a wonderful person, a great representative of her organization, and a human being. I mean, she she is the type of person I admire, no matter what her uh, religious persuasion is. We'll go to CJ in Buffalo. Good morning, CJ. Thanks for calling in. Hello. Um, yeah, I, um, I grew up in North Buffalo in the 60s. Uh, we had Catholics, Jews, Protestants, and the like, and we were just kids. We all played together. We went to birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, first communions, and the like. Um, some of us had Christmas trees, and some of us didn't. We were just friends. Um, when do you think this anti-Semitism started? I'm in my 60s now, and I am clueless because my family does not have these feelings. Do you think it has something to do with social media and misinformation? Um, your comments, please. Thanks, CJ. Thanks, CJ. First of all, um, CJ, your comments about life in North Buffalo in the 60s, um, it really was, a, a, you know, we would call it the Golden Medina, right? It was really this magnificent uh, melting pot of different people. But, you know, what happens economically is that people began to flee North Buffalo. Jews did. 
um, Jews saw an opportunity to move to suburban areas where they could access incredible public education opportunities. My family did. We, you know, we moved out of that area and we settled in Snyder in the late 1960s because, for whatever reason, my parents thought that the Amherst school system was superior than the city school system. And my father went to Bennett High School and grew up off of Tacoma. So, you know, uh, I know exactly from, from what you speak. In terms of uh, anti-Semitism, right, I think there's always a fear of the stranger. Um, and I think when Jews came to the United States, particularly those from Eastern Europe, we looked different, we dressed differently, we ate differently, we segregated ourselves in communities because just so you know, historically, uh, Jews always lived in concentrated neighborhoods, CJ, we needed to take access to, ha have access to synagogues um, because Jews walked to synagogue on, on the Sabbath. So North Buffalo was a perfect example of that. Um, but nowadays, um, you know, Jews are more secular in their behavior overall. And so I don't think they need to segregate in neighborhoods anymore, and we're much more assimilated. But I, I think that the roots of anti-Semitism often uh, are caused by the fear of the stranger. All right, and we will take one more caller. It'll be our friend over in Rochester, John. John, good morning. Good morning, uh, folks. Uh, yeah, my question, Rabbi, is uh, the uh, BDS movement. I, I think it's a BDS movement. It's boycott, divest, and suspend, uh, a boycott against Israel, uh, this movement is really huge on college campuses, and actually at the higher-ups of the Democratic Party, uh, Keith Ellison, who's second in charge of the Democratic Party, is a backer of Louis Farrakhan, who's a proponent of this BDS movement. How does this play into the anti-Semitism that you see? Uh First of all, John, thank you so much for that great question. Uh, uh, the second point is I'm not a rabbi, um, but uh, thank you for that reference. Um, anyway, and yes, the BDS movement is boycott, divestment, and sanctions. It's a movement that definitely has rooting in the college campus uh, system. It's been around for a long time, uh, probably about 15 years or even more than that. And in essence, it's a movement where students are advocating for their universities to divest investments from any companies that do business with Israel or who are based in Israel or who have adjunct in Israel. So Google, for instance, has a significant presence in both Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. So if a university, let's say, with, uh, we'll use a private university, you're in Rochester, so let's say that uh, University of Rochester had investments with Google, students would be saying, hey, you need to divest from those investments. That's the essence of it. We believe it's a form of anti-Semitism, and, and we believe that anything that's anti-Israel is, um, in essence, a disguise of anti-Semitism. Uh, Israel is a democratic state surrounded by enemies. It's a friend to the United States and always has been. It's an extraordinary country where people can be free to behave in any way that they want. Um, it's an extraordinary place to visit. It's a place that we should be very proud of. It's a place that um, is our partner on so many levels. And to single out Israel, which is what the BDS movement does, uh, John, is absurd. Why signal, out, why signal out Israel versus other countries that are doing atrocities that are far worse than the state of Israel? So in that regard, I, uh, to answer your question, it is a form of anti-Semitism. I, I just wanted to ask you uh, about any solutions you have about this and whether you think the political leaders in New York, specifically Governor Cuomo, Mayor de Blasio, are doing enough to find solutions to the anti-Semitism that seems rampant right now. Well, specific to, to BDS, 
um, Brenda, for a moment. Um, our state has been one of the um, dozens and dozens of states that have legislation against uh, BDS, and, the, and it definitely has affected the movement and has hurt it. Um, and in terms of, of what the state can do and should be doing, um, we're very blessed in our uh, state to have a governor who cares deeply for its Jewish citizens. And I think additional money that the governor has put in the budget for security, of which we in Western New York have access. We got a $100,000 grant um, last year that um, uh, that uh, that we, we are able to use for hardening our assets has been an extraordinary benefit to us. And, uh, and the governor just released additional monies for that purpose. So I think actually things are moving in the right direction. And with the partnership that we've developed with law enforcement to know that they are there uh, uh, to be able to um, – uh, protect uh, Jewish individuals and all individuals to be able to exercise their rights as American citizens in any way they choose to um, is something that we're grateful for. And I think we're moving in the right direction, frankly. Rob Goldberg, CEO of the Buffalo Jewish Federation. Rob, thank you so much for taking time on a Sunday morning to spend with uh, both Joe Beamer and myself, as long as, uh, as well as, I should say, taking calls from our listeners and responding to our text questions. Uh, it's a really interesting topic. I hope we have better news to report the next time we talk to you. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the opportunity. Have a great day. You too. And Happy New Year to you. Brenda, what do you say we uh, take a break and then close things out here and Hardline? I think that's a good idea. And, you know, of course, I want to talk about my friends at Uniland before we do take that break. If you're searching for new office space for your business in the coming weeks or during this new year, call Uniland Development Company. Uniland offers Western New York businesses a truly unique leasing process. They can handle everything from refreshing existing space to an entire build-a-suit facility. No matter where in Western New York you want to have office space, chances are Uniland has space available for you, and with flexibility that gives you the ability to customize your offices or shop to your exact needs. You'll be able to get all the room you need the way you want it. One of the nicest features, though, is the way the professional team at Uniland handles everything from start to finish. You won't have to coordinate with teams of contractors and designers. Uniland does it all so you can prepare to move into your new business location. Locally owned since 1974 by the Montanti family, Uniland has provided commercial real estate to literally thousands of local businesses. Find your new offices and learn more at Uniland.com. Uniland Development Corporation, a reputation for results. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.